John chapter 8. Let's turn to John chapter 8. Holy Spirit, come and speak to our hearts this morning, this afternoon. Um, we ask that you would continue just to reveal yourself afresh to us, O oh God, as we continue to fellowship and worship together as family. Would you just show us who you are even more, Lord Jesus? Show us afresh. Mm. Amen. John chapter 8. So, we're going to read a chunk of it. So, um, from verse 12, there's this kind of discussion going on. And just like all throughout the book of John, Jesus ends up in these conversations almost with a bunch of different people. And he's trying to reveal to them who he is. And so, we have these seven I am sayings. And he's pointing to, you know, I am the bread of life. I am the light. I am the truth. And reflecting on, on what they would have known in Old Testament scriptures. And he's saying, I am the fulfillment of that. And so he's in a conversation and he says, I am the light of the world. And the Pharisees are kind of like, well, you know, we can't just believe you because you're saying you're the light of the world. Who else is there to like testify to this? And he's like, well, I'm coming from heaven and coming from God who created everything. So that's enough. But, you know, two or three witnesses. I'm a witness. God's a witness. And therefore I am. And then they get really annoyed with him because they're just like, no, you're, you're telling lies. And anyway, this whole thing, they try, to, they try to arrest him, but his hour has not yet come. And Jesus is constantly facing this all throughout his life. People are either trying to arrest him or kill him. But until his time comes, it doesn't happen. And so we pick up this conversation as it goes on in verse 21. I'm going to read from John 8 and verse 21. So he said to them again, I am going away, and you will seek me, and you will die in your sin, where I am go oh, and you will die in your sin. Where I am going, you cannot come. So the Jews said, Will he kill himself since he says, Where I am going, you cannot come? He said to them, You are from below, I am from above. You are of this world, I am not of this world. I told you that you would die in your sins, for unless you believe that I am he, you will die in your sins. So they said to him, who are you? Jesus said to them, just what I have been telling you from the beginning. I have much to say about you and much to judge. But he who sent me is true, and I declare to the world what I have heard from him. They did not understand that he had been speaking to them about the Father. So Jesus said to them, when you have lifted up the Son of Man, then you will know that I am he and that I do nothing of my own authority, but speak just as the Father taught me. And he who sent me is with me. He has not left me alone, for I always do the things that are pleasing to him. As he was saying these things, many believed in him. So at this point, people are starting to, okay, maybe it's true what you're saying. So many believed in him at this point. But then Jesus goes a bit further, almost to kind of test if they fully understand and know and have fully believed in the truth of who he is so verse 31 it says so Jesus said to the Jews who had believed in him if you abide in my word you are truly my disciples and you will know the truth and the truth will set you free they answered him we are offspring of Abraham and have never been enslaved to anyone how is it that you say you will become free Jesus answered them, truly, truly, I say to you, everyone who practices sin is a slave to sin. The slave does not remain in the house forever. 
the sun remains forever. So if the sun sets you free, you will be free indeed. I know that you are offspring of Abraham, yet you seek to kill me because my words find no place in you. I speak of what I have seen with my father, and you do not, and you do what you have heard from your father. Now at this point, Jesus really gets on their nerves because he's basically telling them that you, are behave, you, you say that you are sons of Abraham, but if you really were, you would recognize who I am because I am the son sent from heaven and I am sent from God. But you're not behaving that way. You're behaving like your father who is the father of all lies. And then they get really upset with him. Then Jesus answered them, verse 39, Abraham, they answered him, Abraham is our father. Jesus said to them, if you were Abraham's children, you would be doing the works Abraham did. But now you seek to kill me, a man who has told you the truth that I heard from God. This is not what Abraham did. You are doing the works of your father did. They said to him, we are not born of sexual immorality. We have one father, even God. Jesus said to them, if God were your father, you would love me, for I came from God, and I am here. I came not of my own accord, but he sent me. Why do you not understand what I say? It is because you cannot bear to hear my word. You are of your father, the devil, and your will is to do your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth, because there is no truth in him. When he, speak, when he lies... He speaks out of his own character, for he is a liar and the father of lies. But because I tell the truth, you do not believe me. Which one of you convicts me of sin? If I tell the truth, why do you not believe me? Whoever, whoever is of God hears the words of God. The reason why you do not hear them is that you are not of God. And then they accuse him of being a Samaritan and having a demon. And this goes back and forth, and I love how Jesus ends this particular conversation. If we jump right down to verse 58, then Jesus said to them, truly, truly, I say to you, before Abraham was, I am. Not before Abraham was, I was, but before Abraham was, I am. He's saying, I am. That title, the way God revealed himself in the Old Testament, I am that I am. So at this point now, they're like, okay, you're saying you're God. We're going to try to kill you. Um, but it, didn't, it doesn't happen. They picked up stones and they tried to stone him. And he, and he goes off because it's not yet his time. And so Jesus does something really interesting in this dialogue in that he's trying to reveal to them who he is. But in the process, he also reveals the truth to them about who they are. So they're banking on this. We're descendants of Abraham, which they were. And so we don't really need to do anything else. And Jesus is like, no, you're still a slave to sin because the only way that you are set free is by believing in my words and my truth, the son of God, who all the law and the prophets were pointing to in the first place. Then you'll know the truth and that sets you free. Not because you're physical descendants of, of Abraham. That's not enough. And so he was revealing to them what was actually going on inside them and their true identity. But he didn't just leave them there. He points it out and then invites them. And he continues, why don't you believe? Because the truth isn't in you, but I have come so that you can be set free. He doesn't sort of just tell them off and leave them. He reveals the truth, but then invites them into something new, into true life, into true freedom. If they were truly God's children, 
they would have recognized who Jesus was, but they didn't quite fully get it. As Jesus proclaims his word, he reveals who he is, and he reveals who we are. And that's the same for us today. As we look into the word of God, the word of God is so powerful that it does those two same things. It reveals to us who God is, but it also reveals to us who we are. And it's almost like the, the Jewish people were walking around with these like virtual reality goggle glass things. I don't know if you've ever seen them. They look silly. Like, look at this. She's like posing, but you look silly. Anyway. Um, but basically, I guess they're fun for playing games and you, can, you, you, you see stuff and it's like a whole new reality. So can you imagine, just for an instance, if I was like having, I had these virtual reality goggles on and I'm walking and I, I'm walking down this like path because that's what it's in me, you know, or I'm down a vineyard in France somewhere and I'm like, oh, I'm having a good old time. I'm walking, I'm walking through the vineyard and then everyone's like, you're not really in a vineyard. You're going to crash into the prayer banner. And I'm like, no, 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 it's a vineyard, it's a vineyard. And then, right? This is exactly what was happening to them. Jesus was like, you're still living with this narrative and this story. There's like a veil over your eyes and you're sort of carrying on in this, this truth that is not full truth. And I'm trying to take them off. I'm literally trying to uncover it with my word and show you, hello, this thing that you're still waiting for. I'm here. I'm the reality. They're like, no, 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 we'd rather much have the virtual reality. And so he says to them, if you keep on walking with these virtual reality glasses on, you are going to die. You're going to fall off the cliff. You're going to walk into the prayer banner and you're going to die. But let me help you. Let me take it off and show you the real truth. In 1 Timothy verse 4 and chapter 12, it says, For we have the living word of God, which is full of energy, and it pierces more sharply than a two-edged sword. It will even penetrate to the very core of our being where soul and spirit bone and bone and marrow meet. It interprets and reveals the true thoughts and secret motives of our hearts. When we are confronted with the word of God, it reveals what is really going on inside of us. Sometimes we can, you know, when if, if in my mind, I'm pretty perfect, you know, I don't do anything wrong, don't offend anyone ever. Um, I speak five different languages in my imagination. Seriously, this is what happens. I'm like really fit and healthy. Um, but the things about me that, that I, I, I like to believe about myself, you know, like sometimes when you're answering a personality test and you answer it with the things you, you wish you were or you think you are, but you're not being really truthful because if you ask anyone else and they'll be like, mm -mm, that's not you. But when we read scripture, it operates on us. It like dissects. This is what's really going on because it's alive and it's true and it's real. And when we come to the word of God with an open heart, Jesus reveals to us that's, yep, that thing right there, that's not quite, you're still being a bit selfish in that area, Lucundo. But I don't know that until I allow him to speak that to me. If you've ever found when you're reading scripture and, and then you, you're going through and something kind of... <clears throat> And then, you, then I tend to rush past it because I'm like, oh, and no, I don't want that feeling. I'm just going to keep going. <laughs> Something else that's really nice. And actually, that, uh, that's the work of the Holy Spirit, revealing something. But not to condemn me, not to say, oh, you're really horrible. Like, I can't believe. But to say, let's work on that. Now we've seen that. Let's work on that. Let's, let's make you better. Let's make you more like Jesus. 
And Jesus says, if you truly want to be my disciples, you remain in my word and you allow my word to continue revealing truth to you. You know, for some of us, maybe the virtual reality glasses are our culture or our upbringing or um, certain ways we've understood scripture in the past and we just kind of carry on with that same revelation when actually God wants to give us fresh revelation of what he's saying because every time we come to scripture, he shows us something new. But if I've still got my glasses on and it's like, no, every time I read this, this is what this passage means and that's it then I'm never going to come into the fullness of what God has for me because I'm not allowing him to reveal more of his truth to me. And actually, the more I allow him to take off my glasses and to speak truth that changes me, the more I become like him, the more I'm set free, the more I can live this life in abundance that he gave for me. So many things. It could be something we were taught growing up as a kid, and that's just always, always the way I've known it to be. But God is like, there is more. There was always more. What happens when we, when we, um, we allow ourselves to, I guess, I guess, keep our own glasses on? Is even in our, in our, in our expectation of who God is, we begin to see through the lens of just our previous experience. So when God comes in his word and he says, I am the God who heals, I am the God who raises from the dead, we're like, well, I've not really seen that before through my, so that's not who you are. God's like, I want you to take it off and I want you to see my word again. This is who I am. Just because your experience has seemed limited, it does not change the truth of who I am. Come and see the truth again and let it set you free. Let it wake you up afresh to the things I have for you. Because too many times we fall asleep because of the lens of experience, because of the lens of disappointment, because of the lens of we've tried this before and it hasn't really worked. But God never changes. He hasn't changed. And he says, let me take off your VR glasses and see me afresh in my word. See the miracles that I perform. See the life that I bring. See how I come and I bring change in your life. And I take away shame and I take away disappointment and I heal you from the inside out because that is who I am. And as you read my word, you will know more of who I am. In Psalm 73, David was kind of moaning to God, and he was like, the wicked are prospering, and I'm doing all this, and it doesn't seem to be going well for me, and I'm trying to understand it, and it seems like such a wearisome task to understand it, until I went into the presence of God, and then I discerned their end. The very thing that he needed to do, which he didn't necessarily have the energy to do, because if we're really honest, it takes energy to go into the word of God and allow him to change us. It's far more easier to binge on Netflix. It's far more easier to eat a tub of ice cream because actually the thing that really gives us life and really gives us rest needs energy to do in the first place. It needs our focus, but binge watching Netflix and stuff doesn't really, and then at the end of it, we feel even worse because we didn't do what we needed to do in the first place. And so David is saying, actually, this is really tough. I can't figure it out. It's so wearisome. But actually, when I come into your presence, when I read your word again, when I see you face to face, then everything makes sense. So regardless of my experience, regardless of what I don't understand, when I step into your presence and when I get into your word, then everything makes sense because your word is truth 
and you are truth. And the experience of truth is what brings about freedom and liberty in my life. And in a world where there are so many things fighting for our attention, so many things trying to dictate what's what and to, you know, explain things away, more and more that there's this need to come back to what is true and allow that to stir us, allow that to direct us in our lives. You know, even um, we see in the beginning of, of, of John, the woman who was caught in adultery, and Jesus completely, I can just imagine, because they, they, they just threw her in the midst of everyone, absolutely naked, just, just threw her there. And I can imagine, I don't know if this will happen, but I can imagine Jesus just looked in her eyes. Like he just looked in her eyes and he was like, does no one condemning you? Neither do I. Go sin no more. And there's something about living in truth and that, that takes away shame and takes away fear. Fear and shame are of the enemy, who is the father of lies. And he will cause us to, try, to shy away from living in truth or living openly with one another because, oh, I wonder what they're going to say about me or, or if this and this happens and what if, you know, my reputation or people think I'm this and I'm that. But then what happens when we don't live in truth and we don't remember who we are is that we, get, we, 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 we isolate ourselves further and further away. And then the narrative is you're not loved, you're not accepted because of this thing. But the truth is that anything I ever did wrong, Jesus took on the cross. So I am loved, I am accepted regardless. And so I don't have to carry that anymore. I don't have to carry this sense of shame and burden. And more times than not, when we speak openly and when things come into the light, the enemy then no longer has something to like dangle in front of you and toy around with you with, and his power is gone. And now we live in freedom, and we live in truth, and it sets us free. And this is what Jesus calls us to. This is what we see Jesus model time and time again. It didn't phase him. Our sin doesn't phase him. He just says, I paid the price for it. That's okay. Come and live free. And that's what he was saying to him the Jewish people, the only way that you can live free from sin is by believing in me and following me because I'm the one who's going to pay the price and I'm the one who's going to bear all the burdens of the consequences of your sin. I'm taking it all on myself so that you can live freely and so that you can live freely for the rest of your life and for the rest of eternity, never to be held back again by lies, never to be held back again by fear or shame because he took all of it on the cross. And so how do we live in truth? What does that look like um, practically to walk and live in truth? I know we finished the slow down series like last year, but um, slow down, <laughs> slow down and read your Bible. And I do want to encourage you to listen back or to read back on the notes we made during that series because it's actually really important. Apparently, research says our attention span has gone down to eight seconds. Uh, the attention span of a goldfish is nine seconds. That says a lot. <laughs> it actually says a lot. And we're, so we're constantly distracted. Like, there is so much distraction. Like, it's not, it's not like, hard to get distracted and do something else. But we have to be those that choose to slow down and root ourselves in truth and root ourselves in the word of God and what he is saying so that we can stand firm, so that we can live out uh, in our true identity and the fullness of who he's called us to be because we're not going to find it elsewhere. 
If we build our lives on other things, it's sinking sand. We're just going to crumble and end up in the same situation. We have to take time to, to like steep ourselves in what God says, because it's not just words, it's life, it's spirit, and it's true. Slow down and read the Bible. Speak the truth to one another in love. In Ephesians 4 verse 15, it says, instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head that is Christ. It was amazing this morning, just as we were worshiping, to hear, you know, um, prophetic word, to hear us reading psalms over one another, to hear us just encouraging one another, reminding ourselves of truth. And, you know, we need that because, honestly, we're just, I think, just the human condition. We're forgetful. We just we forget things. It's like God can do something amazing one day, and then a few days later, I'm like, oh, no, where are you, Lord Jesus? You know, I'm so, like, it's a dire situation. And this is why all throughout Scripture we see, you know, they, they, they made an altar. They, they put stones of remembrance because we are forgetful. Like, we forget sometimes, and it's like, it's important to remind ourselves, no, 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 God's done this before. He's still the same. He will do it again. And that takes community and reminding that takes someone to actually tell me, oh, no, no, remember this. This is what God says when I'm too tired to remember myself, when I'm too weary to, 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 to read scripture for myself. When someone reads it over me, something wakes up inside of me because the word of God is spirit. And when spirit connects to spirit, something amazing happens that we can't quite comprehend, but that's true. And that's the way we're called to live. And so in, when in Colossians 3.16, and Paul says, let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms, hymns, songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. This is how we are called to live, to remind one another of the truth of who God is and the truth of who we are. When I don't quite live up to my own expectations, to have somebody remind me, you are not what you do, Lakundo. You are more than that. You, you are amazing. You are loved, daughter of God. I need to hear that. It's not, it's, not like just, it's not just words. And sometimes it can seem a little bit Christian cliche, like, oh, this is what we do. But it's powerful to have someone remind me to say, there is no shame, Lakundo. We all make mistakes. God loves you. Oh, yeah, that's true. Like, okay. Meanwhile, if I left to my own devices, I beat myself up a lot. Like, a lot. Like, it's unhealthy. It really is. Which is why I'm so grateful for people who just snap me out of my vicious cycle in my head with simple truth. Like, you know, look under before you were even born, God loved you. Before you did a thing, God loved you. You know, look under Jesus gave his life on the cross for you. Just for you regardless of what you think or what you feel. But I need that reminder of truth. I need people to remind me of what God says to me. I need people to remind me a prophetic word over my life that I've forgotten for a while. Remember that prophetic word. I still believe God is saying that. Let me pray with you. And something wakes up again. And we're continually waking up to the truth of who we are and the truth of God, who God is. But we do that in community as we remind one another. That word um, admonish means it's, sometimes, you know, it, 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 we, we read the word admonish. Oh, it's a nice encouraging word, but it actually means to correct. And this is another area where 
when we're true disciples of Christ, we allow him to make us more like him, which means as well as the affirming and reminding us of who we are, there is also the correction when we do things out of line. Now, scripture says, you know, don't take the, take the speck out of your brother's eye before they take the log out of your own eye. And Jesus is saying, don't judge people incorrectly. Don't, the, the, lots of different words for the word judge, and, but one of them is to kind of, you know, like in, in court where you say you're guilty. And Jesus says, don't pronounce anyone guilty. You can't do that. You're not God. And by my blood, they're pronounced not guilty. So don't pronounce anyone guilty. But what he does call us to do is to correct one another in accordance to his word. So it's not to, to, so when, when I judge someone incorrectly, I'm basically saying, you are not living up to my standard of doing things. So I wouldn't do what you're doing, therefore I'm judging you. Because you're not doing it my way, therefore it's wrong. God says, you can't do that because your way is not the best way, and you're not God, so you can't do that. However, we can say, okay, this is what the scripture says. How do you feel you're living up compared to the scripture? If it's not quite there, let's work through this. Like, so it's not based on my, my definition of right or wrong. It's based on God's, God's word's definition of right or wrong. And that's what it means to admonish. It means to bring ourselves, and, and, and scripture says, as we speak the truth in love, that's how you, you grow to maturity. So if we keep lying to one another, we will never be mature. And that's not healthy. And that's not what God has called us to. He's called us to judge correctly, which is pointing one another to what God's word says. And this is an attitude of love, just like you would with your children. You wouldn't let your children keep doing wrong things that hurt them, even though they seem to be enjoying it. Like, I don't know, running around with sharp objects. Like, you wouldn't let them do that. It's like, no, this is not good. This is going to harm you at some point. And we're called to live the same with one another. We tend to go easy on ourselves. I know I go easy on myself. Um, when I go to, when, when it does happen, sometimes I go to the gym. It does happen, I promise you. And <laughs> I'm, lifting, I'm lifting some weights, but my technique is not quite right. So you kind of slack, so it's like easier. And then the, the gym instructor walks around and she's like, and I'm like, oh my goodness, no wonder. Like, I was doing it wrong the whole time. But then when she walks away, I drop it again. I'm like, just keep myself easy. Oh, we can do that in our lives. If it's just me going through something, I'm like, oh yeah, God, I know I didn't read my Bible yesterday, but there's no condemnation, so it's okay. You love me, I'm good. And the next day, oh, you know, I was really busy today and had this and that to do, but God, you know, I love you, I'm serving you, I'm preaching. I didn't read your Bible for myself, but you know, you love me, it's okay. Then the third day, and I'm going easy on myself. And it's true there's no condemnation. But obviously grace empowers me to live more like Christ. But the minute somebody else asks me, what did you read in your Bible yesterday? I'm like, oh, <laughs> there's nowhere to hide. Like I have to say something. But this is for my good. It's for my good that I, I live openly so people can question me, so people can encourage me, so people can be like, look, I know, Lukundo, you're saying you're busy but you're probably not busy, you're just using your free time on the wrong things, like Netflix. And I'm like, okay, you're right, it's true. I can skip one program that's 40 minutes, I could probably get through six chapters in my Bible. And as someone brings that correction and suddenly I'm like, oh yeah, there we go, truth, I'm, like, I'm living in freedom, I'm living in fullness. But that's how we're called to live with one another. 
we're called to remind ourselves that there is no shame, there's no condemnation, but there is more. There is always more. When you, when you get around people, I don't know about you, when you get around people who just seem to be living in more of the fullness of God than you are, it does something to you. It kind of rubs off on you. It provokes you in the right way. You're like, hang on a minute, this is the same God. He loves me just like he loves you. You seem to be experiencing more of him. I want that. And it calls you higher. And that's how we're called to live, to provoke one another to good works, to remind one another there is more. This is true. There is more that you can be experiencing and encountering. So let's go on this journey together and let's live this out. There is no shame. We are loved, just like the woman who was caught in adultery. Jesus doesn't look at all that, but he declares truth over her and he sets her free to go live with no guilt, no condemnation. Let's be those who do the same for one another. There's no shame. There's no condemnation. We remind ourselves of who we are so we can live in truth and walk in wholeness. Let's be those who, who, who encourage one another, who are aware of this very real battle for our attention. It's very, very real. To deny it would, um, would, be, would, be, would be naive. But to be awake to it and say, okay, Lord Jesus, Holy Spirit, capture my heart again. Capture my attention again. Where I've become stale, where I've had a lens, where I've ceased to see who you are beyond what I've already experienced, capture my heart again. Capture my heart afresh. I want to believe you for ridiculous things like I did at first. I don't want to become cynical. Lord, let me never become cynical because you haven't changed. If you parted Red Seas under an old covenant, you can do even more now. And I want to believe that. So let's remind one another as we continue to believe to see people saved, as we continue to believe to see people set free, more people come to faith, let's remind ourselves of the truth of who Jesus is. So when the cynicism sets in, it has no place. It has to leave because we are people who are full of truth. We are people who are excited about the God that we serve because he is alive, he is active, he is able to do exceedingly and abundantly above everything we could ever ask or even imagine. Let's be those who know that we are victorious because he's already won and walk through life with that attitude knowing that there's nothing we can't do because he empowers us to do that. Let's pray. Lord God, you're so good. You're so faithful. And Jesus, we just want to repent for, for, um, for any area of our life where we've ceased to see you for who you truly are, where we've allowed cynicism to set in or complacency or apathy or where we've allowed disappointment um, and regret to dampen our zeal and our passion for you. And Lord Jesus, we choose to say, reveal your truth to us again, that God, you are the same yesterday, today, and forever. And so Holy Spirit, awake our souls to sing of your great name afresh. Awake our souls to the truth of who you are, that you are the everlasting God, and of the increase of your kingdom and dominion, there will be no end. So Jesus, we choose to partner with truth right now. We are loved we are set free, and we are empowered to become more and more like you each day. Help us to do that with one another. Help us to point one another to the truth in your word. Help us to read your word. Help us to soak in it, and help us to see it as our number one priority, 
Because if we build on anything else, it will just crumble. The Holy Spirit, come and empower us afresh this week. Come and empower us afresh. And may we find again the joy of our salvation as we read about who you are and we grow to understand you even so much more. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Amen.